thinking about deep things. I woke up at five o'clock and ended up doing the Sydney Morning Herald crossword. And I was trying to, trying to work out what to avoid, six letters to avoid is. It was the shoes, anyway. But who's going to come up with that at six o'clock, at five o'clock in the morning? Well, uh, it's great to be here this morning. And, and uh, if you're visiting with us this morning, it's uh, lovely to have you with us. Uh, it's a great opportunity this morning just to take a step back and to think, as Marty has said, about what Christmas uh, is about. Why Christmas? Uh, I guess is the question that we want to think about just briefly this morning. And it's a good question, I think, because as Christians, uh, we celebrate God becoming a man. Jesus, the Son of God, coming into our world, uh, being born into our world as a human being. But why did God do that? Or why did God choose to redeem the world in that way? Uh, If God wanted to fix up the world, why didn't he just kind of snap his fingers and make it happen? Why did God have to come into our world uh, and become one of us? Uh, In order to try and answer that question, I just want to look at these words that uh, Marty read for us just before, those words which come from the New Testament book of Hebrews, and they try and explain uh, why it is that God was born into our world as a man. The place to start, I think, with trying to understand that is to realise that human beings are people, according to the Bible, of great dignity. We're not worthless pieces of trash. You might feel uh, sometimes like a worthless piece of trash. The way that people treat you might make you feel like a worthless piece of trash. But the Bible says we're not accidents, we didn't just happen, but we were created purposefully by God, made in the image of God. And God cares about us as human beings very deeply. The writer says, what is man? He's quoting from a part of the Old Testament, Psalm 8. What is man? That is, what is mankind, humanity, that God should care about us? The son of man, that's a kind of an ancient phrase from the period of the Middle East uh, where the Bible was written. Uh, it's a phrase which just means descendants. What is man that you, are, uh, that you care for them? The son of men, the children of men, the descendants of humanity, who are we that God should care about us? But the extraordinary thing is that God does care about us. God is not just up there in the sky, far away, but God cares about each and every one of us. In fact, God made human beings a little lower than the angels, which is a poetic way of saying that he made us the most significant creatures in all the, in all the world, this universe that we see. We are more significant than anything else. God crowned us with glory and honour and put everything under our feet. The original purpose that God had for us as human beings was that we should rule over and care for his creation. And I think we have an an, an innate sense of that fact. We sense that we are responsible for the world. We have this inbuilt sense that if the world is decaying, we should do something about it. If animals are becoming extinct, we have a duty to solve it. If the climate is warming, we ought to do all in our power to prevent it. I read an article the other day in the, uh, in the Sydney Morning Herald about 
these marine biologists who were working in Sydney Harbour. And their full-time occupation was to try and protect and preserve just the huge uh, biodiversity in the Sydney Harbour Basin. You know, these people were full-time employed to look after creation. We have this sense that we ought to look after it. We don't just kind of expect the whales to lift their game uh, or, or the rabbits to kind of stop eating so much. Come on, guys, what are you doing? You know, to pick, pick your game up. No, we have this innate sense that as human beings, we're custodians of the world. We have this divine right to rule over creation, to harness it and to protect it. And the remarkable thing is that according to the Bible, that's true. What we innately sense and feel, the Bible says that's true because that's how God created the world. We have this sense that we should look after the world, but the truth is that's not really how things are. What God created is not what we see. Everything isn't subject to us. We're not in control. Even if we wanted to be the custodians of God's world, we would be frustrated by that. We couldn't be. And we can see that as well. We have this sense of responsibility, but a sense that some things are just beyond our control. We also have a sense that the problem, many of the problems in our world are largely of our own making. Overfishing. Destruction of animal habitats. Ozone depletion. The best uh, scientific evidence seems to indicate that global warming is at least partly a human problem. What's wrong, according to the Bible, is that the relationship between us and uh, us as human beings and God has been broken. God made us to rule his creation under him. But we've tried to rule God's creation apart from him. God created the world and we tried to kind of steal it away out from underneath him and steal ourselves away out from underneath him at the same time. It's a bit like what happened to Jörn Utzen. Do you know who Jörn Utzen is? Phil does. Jörn Utzen was the architect of the Sydney Opera House. The Sydney Opera House was his design, his creation. It was his baby. It was his great work. But he was pushed out by a political squabble by the New South Wales state government. And the relationship between Jörn Utzen and the Opera House never recovered. It was his, the relationship with that building was so destroyed that he never saw it completed. He never came back. He never saw the Opera House finished and he never saw it become what he always intended it to be. And ever since they've always been trying to patch it up to try and make it like the original plan. But it doesn't work. And it's the same with us and this world. We are God's great world, God's great work. God created the human race to have authority and responsibility over his world, but answerable to him. And as human beings, we've tried to force God out. And now the whole world has been thrown into disarray and disorder and been corrupted by our rebellion.
But the Bible says that's where Jesus comes in. That's where we are apart from Jesus. The Bible says we don't see everything subject to humanity, but we do see Jesus. We see Jesus, the Son of God, who was made a little lower than the angels. That is, he became like one of us. He became a human being. We see Jesus, the Son of God, uh, God himself, exalted above the highest heavens, uh, exalted above everything seen and unseen. Jesus, who laid the foundations of the earth, who changes the universe like we might change our clothes. We see Jesus, who was and is and will be, becoming like one of us, a little lower than the angels. Why is that? Why did God do that? The writer of Hebrews says, to bring many sons to glory. That is, sons, sons of Adam and Eve, sons of men, human beings. Jesus came in order to restore and to redeem the creation back to the glory that God intended it to have. And he did that by becoming one of us. He died in our place. He put to death in himself. He brought to an end everything that was wrong with us, all that was distorted and corrupted and sinful and wrong, everything that was under the judgment of God. He was executed by humanity in the ultimate act of human rebellion against God. He died on the cross, cursed by God. But then he rose again from the dead, a new man, a resurrected man, a recreated man. And he received the glory and honour that belonged to him. Not only as God, but the glory and honour that belonged, belongs to us as human beings, created to rule over God's world under God. In other words, what Jesus came to do was to put to death in himself our broken humanity. He took all that up. Everything that's wrong and distorted, our wrong feelings and thoughts and attitudes, our wrong loves and hates, all that's wrong about us, he took it on himself and he put it to death, he put an end to it, he destroyed it. By dying on a cross. And he rose again and became the template of a new humanity. He's like the first in the class. He's the prototype of a new humanity. And what Jesus, what God did in Jesus, Jesus shares with those who put their hope in him. Jesus the writer of Hebrews says, is not ashamed to call them brothers. He says in verse 12, I will declare your name to my brothers. In the presence of the congregation, I will sing your praises. And again he says, here I am and the children God has given me. Our world is a deeply broken world. Uh, we are broken people, and you might feel that keenly. And like Humpty Dumpty, uh, all the king's horses and all the king's men can't put our world or us back together, no matter how hard they try. We can't save ourselves, we can't save our world, we can't make our way back to God, because God's rescue program isn't a renovation. 
It's a demolition and a starting from scratch. In Jesus, God launched a program to put human beings back together again. In the cross, God brought to an end everything that's wrong and distorted in us. And he brought to life in Jesus what we were always intended to be. A new humanity made in the image of Jesus, made to be like him, made to love and honour God, made to love and honour each other and made to love and honour God's world. If our hope isn't in Jesus, then we need to know him, we need to cling to him. Because unless we know Jesus, we're not part of God's great recreation of humanity and the whole world. Let me pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, uh, thank you so much that even though it's our own rebellion against you which has caused our world to be so mucked up, to be such a place of pain and misery and sorrow, even though it's our fault, not just as individuals but as an entire human race, Lord, thank you that in your great mercy you entered into the pain and the brokenness of our world. So committed you are to our redemption and restoration that you came to us in weakness and in humility. You died at our hands. And you rose your son Jesus Christ to new life. Lord, we pray that all of us would trust in him and flee to him and share in the death of ourselves through his death and the resurrection to new life through his powerful resurrection. Father, we ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.